0: Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're in the middle of our series on the very important topic of racism called the third option. In our world today, it feels like we only have two options. Either you are for us or you're against us. But what if there's a third option? Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, The Third Option. Well, I'm excited for today. Hey, if it's your very first time joining us on the live stream, just want to say what's up. We're so glad that you took a moment today to tune in on what God is doing here at our church. Did you do me a favor though today? I'd love for you to invite somebody to church. If you've been watching this for a long time, you've been part of our church, or maybe you're just kind of joining us for the first time, you can you can actually share this experience on all of your social Platforms. One of our online hosts, I think, has posted something in your chat window, or they can repost it again, where you can literally share this on any media platform that you have, and they can literally then tune in to this broadcast right now and, and watch a message. If you're on Facebook, you can also share this video right now on your personal wall. Or what I love to do is to start a watch party and then your family and friends who maybe would never go to church would, will join the watch party and then watch service with you. So you can take a moment right now and do that and watch what God does, how you can invite somebody to church even in the comfort of your very own home. Well, we're excited because we've got some amazing news that we wanted to share with you and that is that next week, everybody say next week. Okay, next week. Next week, we're going to be holding our very first in-person gathering. And we're excited about that, that we've, we've been doing the live stream for so long. And we'll continue to offer the live stream But we're excited to gather once again together, but we're gonna be meeting at a different location that we used to meet at. Uh, The Rochester High School uh, is not yet ready to open up their building to outside renters coming in. That's what we're considered. And so there's another local high school that's opened up their doors to us, and we're excited to begin to have our in-person gatherings at Oakland Christian School in Auburn Hills, Michigan. All the information there is on our website, citylightchurch.com. But we're excited to, to start to regather. But we're going to do it in a very safe and, and, and mindful way. We, our, our first priority is always your safety, your family's safety. And so we're we're gonna be starting off by having one service at 9.30 a.m., but we're going to be live streaming 9:30, and then an 11 o'clock service. But we're going to be setting up the the rows of chairs and things like that in a very, very perfect, according to the the the, set, the guidelines of the CDC and different ones that uh, how to have social distancing in the room. We're going to be we're having hand sanitizer everywhere. We're going to be doing everything we can to make sure that it is a safe environment for you and your family, your friends, to come and to join and worship together. But let me just say this, and that is that if you're not ready to come back yet, if maybe you are a little bit older or maybe you have some underlying health conditions, listen, it's okay to stay home. I don't want there to be any pressure on anyone to come to church. You can stay at home, uh, continue to watch the live stream, continue to watch. We'll be offering it every single Sunday from, from now till Jesus comes back, okay? So, so you can watch this. But we, want, we wanted to begin to gather again in a safe way, and we really believe that we can do this. We've been learning from other churches. We've been learning from what else is going on in our community, and we really believe that we can do this in a safe way. And so listen, if you want to come, you want to be a part of it, we'd love to have you 9.30 a.m. at Oakland Christian School. But if you're not ready, it's okay. It's completely okay. When you do become ready, uh, we'll be there waiting for you with our arms open wide or maybe air high fives ready to have you come back. So, so there's no pressure, but we're excited to begin to regather again. And I love it because the church has never closed. The church has never closed. We've never closed our doors since since day one of this whole thing. We've been live streaming and, and, and our church has never closed. We've been seeing people give their life to Christ through the live stream. We've been seeing people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference even in this crazy season that we're all in. And so the church has never closed but we're gonna be regathering again and really see what God has have for us in our future. And we're really excited about it. So today we're actually continuing our series called The Third Option. And this series, I think is a much needed series based on what's going on in our world today. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world. There's a lot of, of, of chaos, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of just stuff going on. And, and I think this is a really, really important topic to begin to, to talk about, and it's the topic of racism. You know, the Bible is not silent on the topic of racism. The Bible, it, it talks about it a lot, actually. The Bible, uh, Jesus's ministry, it was a lot talking about how to deal with racism. And we can't be silent about this topic either. So that's why we've taken the last few weeks to really dive into this very sensitive but very much needed topic to talk about and how we can begin to, to learn, how we can begin to grow, how we can begin to see God begin to work inside of us and let let, let, let the church rise up and be part of the solution and not part of the problem in the, in our world today. And so it's been a, a pleasure to talk about these things. A lot of the information that I've been sharing is from this great book by Pastor Miles McPherson called The Third Option. Uh, one of your online hosts will be posting a link in your chat window if you'd like to pick this book up uh, on Amazon. But what I've been seeing is this book has been so popular and probably so needed in our season of life right now that it's been sold out in so Many different places. Uh, it's hard to find this book right now, but if you go online, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Or wait a couple weeks, and they'll have more copies. But this is a great book to begin to dive into and begin to have that that idea and say, okay, how do how do I get over some of my my bias? How do I how do I really learn about racism? What is there things I'm doing that are offensive that I don't even know about? And this book kind of walks us through some great solutions, some great questions to begin to grow in our understanding and learn to love people the way that, that God loves people, because that's our goal, to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. That's what Jesus said, and we want to be people that do that. And as Jesus followers, we want to we do that. But here's the deal. Let me just say this. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I want to make sure I say it again. And that is, listen, I have a very limited perspective when it comes to racism. I don't think I've ever been discriminated against because of the color of my skin, but I believe with all my heart that God's word speaks to this, and I want to come today with a, a pure heart and speak to you today with a pure motives and say, you know, hey, Let's look at what God's word says and how we can get better in this whole idea of racism and how we can learn and grow from one another. And so that's what we wanna dive into today to get better in every aspect of our life. For those of you who maybe are are just joining us, just checking us out, maybe you don't know what the third option is, let me give you a little bit of a, a review before we get into today's message. And that is that in our world today, I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like our world, our culture, and maybe this has been going on for a long time. We just haven't realized it. But our culture today is kind of trying to set us up with a "us versus them" mentality. That that there's us, and that's anybody who believes like you, thinks like you, maybe grew up the way that you grew up. You know that 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 really that's, that's us. This is us. These are people that I identify with, and then there's them. And these these are the people that don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't think like us, don't vote like us, are different than us, didn't grow up where we grew up, and it's them. And and it's like we live in a world now where it's like there's us and then there's them. And if you're for us, if you do the things that I like to do, if you vote the way I vote, if you look the way I look, then then we're cool, we're friends, it's all good. But if you don't uh, do what I do, then you're my enemy. Then actually you're on the other side of me and we can't be friends, we can't hang out, we can't have dinner together. And there's this amazing us versus them battle in our culture today. And it happens all the time, it can be black versus white, it can be Republican versus Democrat. It, it can be male versus female. It can be people that are for the police against the police. It can be those for for protesting against protest. I mean, there are so many different things right now in our world today that are trying to divide us. They're trying to divide people, especially in the church, especially the people that would consider themselves Jesus followers that there's a big division happening, even in churches across the the country, because we feel like there's only two options. There's us, and then there's them. And if you're on them, then I can't be your friend. I can't hang out with you. We're never gonna have dinner together. And I believe that there's something different in the middle of all this. Uh, See, I believe that, that the devil is doing a really good job at dividing us, at dividing people, is trying to give us only two options. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament that I'll just kind of paraphrase for you for a little bit. But in the book of Genesis, it talks about the story of these people who begin to build a tower. And they call it the Tower of Babel, if maybe you've seen this before in the Bible. But they're building this tower, and, and they, they begin to build it with their own prideful arrogance. They say, we're going to build a tower that reaches to the heaven. Look at how cool we are. Look how awesome we are. They were doing it for prideful gain. And it says that God looked down and saw that, that what they were doing, and he saw that their intent was, was, was a prideful arrogance. And he said this, though. He said, wow, when these humans, when, they, when, they, when they're unified, there's nothing that they can't do. There's nothing they can't do together. And he said, but what they're doing right now is actually they're doing something for the, with the wrong heart, with the wrong attitude, and so we're gonna go down and we're gonna give them different languages and, and, and divide them because, because they're doing something out of an unpure heart. They're doing something out of their own selfish gain, their own pridefulness. And, and, and here's what the, the deal is. I think the devil still understands the principle of that moment in time. I think the devil understands that when we are united, there's nothing that we can't do together that when the church of Jesus Christ is united together, there's nothing that we can't do. And so he wants to do his very best to divide us, to keep us at each other, to keep us angry at each other, to keep us thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person or, or that race or, or, or this, this way they voted, or I can't believe this or that. And the, and the enemy wants to divide you and me. It wants to divide you and your neighbor. It wants to divide the people that God is calling us to do life with. And, and I believe with all my heart that there is more than just two options. There's more than just two options out there, that there's actually a third option in this whole battle. It doesn't have to be an us versus them thing. It doesn't have to be a either you're with me or you're against me. But there's actually a third option in this whole battle that we're in today, and it's and it's different, it's that we, we honor one another because each of us are made in the image of God. That we have more in common than we do different. And that at the same time, that God has a way that is different than our way. The Bible says that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And I think sometimes we get to the idea that you know what, well God's on my side. God's with me, God's on my side. And we look in scripture and we realize, no, no God doesn't wanna be on your side, he wants you and me to be on his side. The Bible talks about there's holy ground that we can step into, that we're not picking a side, but we're picking God's side. We're not picking an us versus them, that there is a, a middle ground, there is God's side in the midst of all of the chaos in our society today, and that we can choose the third option. We don't have to pit ourselves against each other. We don't have to be so dogmatic in certain ideas, but that we can actually say, okay, I'm gonna surrender my ideas. I'm gonna surrender my thoughts. I'm gonna surrender all of these things I think about that race or that person. And I'm gonna step into holy ground and I wanna do this life God's way. I I wanna step into a new place. Maybe it's somewhere you've never been before. Maybe it goes against like everything you've ever been taught, but you say, you know what? I I want what God wants in this life. I want what God has. And I'm gonna step into the third option in my life. And I'm not gonna pick a side that's us versus them. I'm picking God's side. That's what he's calling us to do. So there's a third option in this whole thing. You know, I was thinking about this. About 20 years ago, the, uh, in my opinion, now we all have opinions. But my opinion, uh, my opinion, is that about 20 years ago, one of the greatest movies ever made came out, and I love this movie. It was, it was a great movie. About 20 years ago, it came out, but it was interesting because it, it came out. The movie was about uh, in the 1970s. It took place in the 1970s uh, in in Virginia and about some of the racial tension that was happening in the state of Virginia in the 1970s. And maybe you've seen this movie, maybe you haven't, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's called... Remember the Titans. Come on, somebody. Remember the Titans. If you haven't seen Remember the Titans, it's on Disney Plus right now. If you got Disney Plus, go watch it. Go rent it on your iTunes or whatever you got. And I know there's some young people out there watching. You're like, in 2000, I wasn't even born yet. Like, are you serious 20 years ago? Like, I can't even think 20 years back. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's about Denzel Washington's in it. Come on, Denzel fans out there. Give me an amen. Like, Denzel's in it. It's about football, but it handles and tackles one of the most pressing topics of our day today, and it's the racial tension. If you've never seen the movie, basically it's about this this white school that gets desegregated, and, and these black students begin to come and join the school, but it's about a high school football team's journey through this whole racial tension, And so you get this all these white players and all these black players kind of meshing together for the first time, and they do not like each other. The white players don't talk to the black players. The black players don't talk to the white players. And and, and there's a lot of tension going on. And before school starts, they go to football camp, and they're out there kind of on their own. And and through the, the football camp and through the tensions and through everything that they went through, they began to learn about one another. They began to understand each other. They began to see, well, you're just like me. And they became friends, they became a family. I mean, they became tight as a team. It was it was amazing. And they, when they left football camp, they 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 were they were the tightest team that you could believe. It was amazing. But one of the, my favorite scenes in this movie is one of the white players, they called him Sunshine because he was from Southern California. You may remember, Sunshine, like Sunshine. You remember, he had long blonde hair. He was from Southern California and he really didn't know about racism. He really wasn't, uh, he didn't really understand what was going on in Virginia. He didn't understand the racial tensions. And so Sunshine and, the, and two of his black teammates were walking down the street and Sunshine sees this restaurant and he says, hey guys, let's go in this restaurant. And his two black teammates are like, Sunshine, uh, we can't go in there. Uh, This is Virginia, we can't go in this restaurant. And, And Sunshine's like, I don't get it. No, it's gonna be cool, you guys it's all right, we can go in there, it's no big deal, come on, let's do it, and they were pleading with him, the two black teammates were like, no, 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 Sunshine, listen, we can't go in there, this is Virginia, they don't like us, they're not gonna let us come in, and Sunshine just, he he didn't get it, he just didn't get it, he goes, guys, it's gonna be okay, stop, stop complaining, stop worrying, let's go, and they walk into the restaurant, if you remember the, the scene, if you've seen the movie, they walk into the restaurant and the owner of the restaurant comes up and he sees these three boys and he says, boys, you know, we're full tonight. And Sunshine looks around and he sees a bunch of empty tables and he says, what are you, what are you talking about? There's, there's tables everywhere. And the owner says, well, I'm the owner of this place and I, re, I, refu- I, I reserve the right to refuse service to anybody I please. And that includes you, hippie boy. And, and all of a sudden, Sunshine realized that there was racial tension going on that he never really was aware of. And he walks out of the restaurant with the two black teammates and one of the black teammates starts yelling at him. And he says, I told you we couldn't go in there. I told you we couldn't do that. You didn't listen to me. I told you we couldn't do it. And Sunshine says this great line. He just says, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't know. I didn't know, I, I didn't know. Sunshine had a blind spot. He thought he knew, he thought he knew what was going on in the world, but he didn't know. And, and today I wanna to talk to you about blind spots because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, a little bit, but actually this is a very, very important topic. It's actually the only topic that Pastor Miles in his book dedicated two chapters to, because it is a very, very important thing to begin to un- understand and discover that, that we all have a blind spot. And a blind spot is just simply this. I'm gonna give you a, a working definition. A blind spot is simply being unaware of something you cannot see. It's just being unaware of something that you cannot see. You know, my family, we have a minivan, and I never thought I'd drive a minivan. I know some of y'all out there are like, I'll never drive a minivan. And then you got five like minivans. Like, you, just, like, that's, that's our life. And, uh, and so it's great. But I love our minivan now because when you're driving down the road, if, they have this thing called a blind spot indicator light. And so like you're driving down the road and if somebody is in your blind spot, in your side mirror, a little light comes on just to let you know, hey, there's somebody in your blind spot, don't get over. And if you started to get over because you just ignored the light and just said, I'm getting over, a little alarm will go off, beep, 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 beep. You know, hey dummy, there's somebody in your blind spot, don't get over, get back in your lane. And and I love that because it helps me see, oh, there's blind spots. I didn't know there was a car there. I I, I couldn't see it. And and that's what our hope and our prayer is for today, is that each and every single one of us would realize that we have some blind spots and that we need some indicators in our life helping us begin to see that, yes, I do have some. Maybe I don't know everything about a certain topic, about a certain race, about a certain group of people. And I need some help identifying that, you know what, I, I have a blind spot and I need to identify exactly what it is. I think that is so good. And so so here's the deal. I wanna get into a verse today that I think is a really, really important verse that is gonna help us as we go, go forward in identifying our blind spots and become a learner and growing in our understanding of one another. But here's the deal. If you wanna learn, if you wanna grow, we have to take a humble position in our life and we have to admit, listen, I don't know it all. I don't know what it's like to be that race. I don't know what it's like to be that person. I don't know what it's like exactly to go and grow up where they grew up. I've gotta realize that there's some things that are just different and I need to understand that. So let me give you this verse. It's found in Matthew chapter seven and it's it's such a great verse. It says this, it says, "'Refuse to be a critic full of bias towards others "'and judgment will not be passed on you "'for you'll be judged by the same standard "'that you used to judge others.'" The measurement you use on them will be used on you. Why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own? How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong when you're guilty of even more. You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First, acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. I love how the Passion Translation puts this verse. I love it because it's so good because it's important to realize, man, we've got some blind spots. We've got some things in our life that we, we just don't know, that, that I don't know it all. I don't, I, it would be arrogant of me to say, yeah, I know exactly how you feel on this. Yeah, I know exactly how you grew up. I get it and have an opinion about something when really, I don't, know, I don't know anything. And so today, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write a couple of these awesome points down to help us identify blind spots and how we can grow and get better and learn to love one another as Jesus Christ loves us. So if you're taking notes, i love for you to write this down. Number one, admit you have a blind spot. Admit I don't know it all. Admit, maybe my perspective is limited and maybe there's more to the story than I actually know. Maybe I have a blind spot. Maybe not maybe, I do have a blind spot. It's interesting because we all have a social narrative and a social narrative is basically the story that shapes the way that we see the world today. You know, we, we, as a, we all were born to a specific family. We all grew up in a specific neighborhood with specific friends. We all grew up a certain way. And all of those things shape the way and determine the way that we view the world that we live in. Okay, so, so we all have a social narrative and, and, and here's the deal, it's like a prescription. It's like putting on glasses. It's like, this is my social narrative. When I, when I don't have them on, everything's blurry, but when I put them on, it's like, okay, I can see now, okay? So this is my social narrative and I see the world through this prescription. Now, here's the deal. Arrogance says that my social narrative is the right one. That, that's, that's arrogance. That's a blind spot. Because here's the deal, there's about 7 billion people in our world today. And there's about 7 billion social narratives out there in our world today. And to say that your social narrative or my social narrative is the right one, that's a blind spot because there's so many more social narratives out there. Uh, You have a social narrative. Absolutely. I don't dismiss that. I have a social narrative. I don't dismiss that either. But it is a small piece to a very much larger puzzle. There is a big puzzle out there that our piece fits into one little section. Maybe you're a corner piece. Maybe you're one little piece in the middle somewhere. I don't know. But our piece is a part of a much bigger story. And it's important for us to say, okay, I know what my piece is, but... What are the other pieces? What else is going on in the world and how can I learn where other pieces fit in and realize that, you know what? My social narrative is not the right one, it's just one with seven other billion social narratives and how I see the world may be different than how someone else sees the world. And just because they see it differently doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just, it's different. And I gotta, I wanna learn why do they see the world that way? And why do I see the world this way? But the first thing we have to do is we have to admit that we have a blind spot. I love what Jeremiah 17, nine says. It says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. Well, I'm glad you got up for church today. Our hearts are deceitful. Praise God, right? It's like, man, it's a tough verse. But he says, and, and desperately sick, who can understand it? So, so here's the deal. Our hearts will lie to us all the time. Our hearts will tell us your, your social narrative is the right one, that, that what you think is the right one, how you perceive this group of people is the right perception. Our heart will lie to us all the time. And, and I love that, that Proverbs 14:12 says it this way. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There's other translations that say, you know, there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end it leads to death. And, and that's the problem. We all think our way is right. Our way is going to lead to life. But like I said at the beginning, there's a, there's a third option all this. There's a third thing that we can jump into, and it's God's way. That, that I don't want to take my way. I don't want to take my social narrative way. I don't want God, I don't want to try to convince God to come to me in my way. I I want to go to him, and I want to see what his way is, and I want to walk in his plans, his ways, and surrender all of my thoughts, all of my preconceived ideas, all, all the things that I think I know a lot about. I want to surrender them to the creator of the universe, the one who loves people more than anything, anyone else, I mean, the one who created people in his own image, the one who loves me and loves you so much. Like I wanna surrender my view to him because his, his view is gonna lead to life. His view is gonna lead to, to true justice. His view is gonna lead to the place that we truly wanna go. And his view also brings in unity as well. So first we have to do, we have to admit, I don't know it all. I don't, I don't know it all. I could be wrong about that group of people. I could be wrong about this person at my, at my office. I don't, know it all. I don't know what it's like to be them. So therefore, I'm gonna have a blind spot and it's arrogant to think that we know everything about every single person and how they grew up. So we have to admit we have a blind spot. But number two, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this one down. Understand the nature of your blind spot. We have to understand the nature of our blind spot. I wonder if you've ever taken a moment and kind of just stopped and and, and, and you asked yourself, you know, why do I think this way about a certain group of people? Why, why do I think this way? Like, where did that come from? And, and, and there's a lot of different reasons for that maybe. Maybe you had a bad interaction with somebody one time of a different race, and now you've kind of classified everybody in that race that way, and so now you've just kind of painted with a broad brush and said, well, this happened to me then, and I'm sure it's gonna, this, is, this is who they are. That could happen, absolutely. Maybe it's something from your past where somebody hurt you and somebody did something, I, I don't know. And, and again, we just kind of classify an entire group of people a certain way because of something from our past. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe something happened where maybe you got passed over a, at a job or for a promotion or for work, and, and now you're just, you're just angry because you think that maybe they got the job because of the color of their skin, and not because of the quality and character of their work. And so now you have a judgmental view of people that, that look differently than you because you think that you got passed over just because of that, and now you, you're angry at those group that group of people. That, that could happen. Maybe you, you grew up in a family who taught you that this group of people are like this, and, and they taught you racism growing up. They taught you some stuff about, about people. And so you just grew up always thinking this about that group of people. And it's important to stop for a moment and say, what is the nature of my social narrative? What is the nature of my blind spot? But here's the deal, if you're a Jesus follower, you have to ask yourself another question too. You have to ask yourself the question, is my blind spot, is my social narrative, the way I view other people, is it honoring God? The way I see them, the way I judge them, what I'm thinking about them, is this, is this really what Jesus came for? Is this, really, is this really what Jesus expects of my life? Is this, is this thought I'm having honoring God right now? You have to ask yourself that question because here's the deal I think a lot of us, I man, we, We've had some moments of our life that maybe we've been kind of hurt by some things, and so we we live our whole life just kind of guarded and protected, and we kind of angry at, at another group of people, and and we kind of have a view of this, and and maybe you watch only one news channel, and you that fills your social narrative as well, and you see you're, you know you watch the one news channel that says everything that you agree with, but you don't want to watch the other one because you disagree with that one, and so they're a bunch of liars, and so you only watch one, and and that just fills you, and then you begin to develop hate towards a group of people because without even realizing it, this, this news outlet is just continually feeding you anger and hatred. And you're like, yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, but you have to come to a point and say, okay, God, is this, is this really the best way? Is this really what you want for me? And the best way, this, what the third option is in this moment is once you realize the nature of where your social narrative comes from, where your, 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 your blind spot comes from, you have to invite the Holy Spirit in to begin to do a work inside of, of you. I have to invite the Holy Spirit in and to help me every day. I have to invite the Holy Spirit in and say, God, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm viewing this person differently because of my past, something that happened to me, God, would you come into my heart and, and help heal the broken area? Like the third option in all this is to, step into holy ground and say, God, I'm, I'm gonna forgive that person who hurt me in my past. Like the third option is stepping in and saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to build a bridge even though that I've I've got some hesitancy because of my past, but I'm stepping into something new and I'm going to ask God to help me to, to and strengthen me and give me the ability to forgive, to the ability to mend fences, the ability to do things that are outside of what I normally would do and and God, I need your help in this. The third option is saying, God, I'm not going to let my past, my hurt, the shame, the social narrative, the blind spot truly direct my life, but God, I'm stepping into what you have for me, and God, I'm, I'm choosing your way, and God, would you come, and would you heal the broken areas of my life? I love what Psalms 143 says. It says that God, he heals, he, he, he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. Maybe your heart is shattered today because of something that happened to you a long time ago, Maybe it's because you got pulled over by a police officer and, and you felt like it was, it was wrong. Maybe it's somebody, you know, you felt like they took a job that you should have gotten. Maybe it's somebody hurt you. I, I don't know whatever it could be, but I would in, encourage you to say, God, I'm inviting you, the healer of the brokenhearted, that you heal my brokenhearted, but you, you heal my shattered heart. That's the third option. Say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in love. I'm gonna walk in grace. I'm gonna walk in forgiveness. That's the third option in this whole thing. So we have to understand where the, the nature of our blind spot comes from. But then number three, if you're taking notes, our last point, and it's simply this. The removal, not the protection, not protection of the blind spot, nurtures unity. Let me say that again. The removal... Not not the protection of the blind spot nurtures unity. I think that we all have a, well, maybe not all of us, but maybe certain temperaments. Well, I know mine does. It's easy to want to defend your point of view. You know, maybe you hear a conversation or maybe somebody talks to you and you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, well, you know, here's what I think. Here's what here's what here's what my view is on this topic. And this is what I think. And and it's easy to try to protect your blind spot by statistics and, and things you've seen on the news and whatever information you've got or a bad experience with one person that now, you know, has determined your entire view of an entire group of people. It could be anything, but we we protect that blind because we wanna we wanna be right. We want to be right on, we want to be right, my ways are right, and we want to defend and protect the blind spot. But but here's the deal, when you defend and protect your blind spot, it's never going to bring unity, never will. But it's actually, again, like I said earlier, having a humble heart, coming to the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, to help me and say, God, I, I'm not trying to protect this blind spot, but God, I want you to help me remove it. I want you to help you to remove it so that I can be used by you to build a bridge to make a difference in this world for your kingdom, but not for my kingdom. God, would you speak to me? Would you show me where I'm wrong? Would you show me where I missed it? Would you show me where maybe I misjudged people? Would you show me some things? And God, maybe there'll be another moment where somebody else proves the stereotype right. And here it is again. But God, I'm choosing not to believe the stereotype. I'm choosing to believe what your word says. We're all made in the image of God. And we're all God's kids, just some people don't know it yet. And I'm gonna choose to love. I'm gonna choose to be full of grace and mercy. I'm gonna choose to forgive. I'm gonna choose to, to build a bridge with somebody, not tear the bridge down. We have to say, God, help me see people the way that you see people. God, I'm struggling to see these people right now. Would you help me to see these people the way that, that you see them? God, you love them way more than I could ever possibly know. God, help me to see them the way that you see them. God, break my heart for what breaks your heart, God. Like that's a prayer to pray. I love this story about Jesus. In Mark chapter eight, it says this. It says, they came to Bethsaida, that's a city. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, can you imagine this for a moment? Blind guy's like, Jesus, can you heal me? He's like, sure. I mean, like. That would have been an interesting moment. Like, Jesus, what are you doing right now? Like, but he says he, he led him outside the city and he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. And Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. So once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then... His eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Church, let me just say this, that's our goal. We wanna see everything clearly. We we wanna see everything clearly. And when we protect the blind spots, we leave them there, we don't remove them. We don't even admit that they're there we're never gonna see clearly. My hope and my prayer is that if you call yourself a Jesus follower today, that you would say, God, help me to see people clearly. Help me to see people the way you see them. God, help me get better. But here's the deal, it's a process. It is a process. You might at first be like, God, help me to see clearly. And, and still you're struggling because you see fuzzy things. You see like people walking around like trees. You know, you're like, it's fuzzy. I don't know, Jesus, like, I don't see clearly yet. That's okay. You keep going to Jesus. You keep saying, God, touch me, help me. So let me see and that, that Jesus continue to touch you over and over again. And I believe that, that he's gonna allow us, allow you to see clearly see clearly what's going on. See clearly how the devil's trying to divide us. The devil's trying to create an us versus them mentality that we could see clearly that there's actually a, a, a third option. There's actually something better than us versus them. And it's his way. It's jumping into holy ground, saying, God, I want what you want. I want your way. So I wanna pray for us in just a moment here. And I'm gonna pray that God would help us see clearly, help us to see people the way that that, that he sees people, that that, that we would, God, that you'd break our hearts for what breaks yours, that we'd be people as Jesus followers that admit we have a blind spot, understand where it comes from, but we would remove it so we can learn, we can grow, We can get better.